might have the recording. <laughs> Yay! Yay, they got him! <laughs> It'll just be Foley work for uh, where we're at. Yeah, yeah, it's not fireworks at all. I don't know what you're talking about. We're definitely not recording it on a certain <laughs> beginning of November area of time. It's a decent <gasps> protest. It's my great sound design and editing skills, mm-hmm. nothing else. Yeah. It, it is actually perfect because there is just the occasional distant sound of gunfire. Very intermittent, so you, you've just gone above and beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've decided uh, in season four, episode 21, <laughs> to start um, <laughs> doing audio design on these episodes. So. Yeah, why not? We've got to keep it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bread and Barricades. My name is Nemo Martin. My pronouns are they, them. I am the host. And um, this week, yeah, I mean, I probably used quite a lot of introduction time to to make this bit about the fireworks going off. Um, But yeah, apologies. I will try and mute as much as possible when it's not annoying so that you don't have to hear it constantly throughout like I do. (laughs) Uh, This is Stevie. She, they pronouns, primary researcher. Um, if I had things, I'm just kind of excited for the photo. <laughs> that was the sound of you putting down a, a tankard, right? Because we're still yeah. like, it's a revolution, it's the yeah. French Revolution vibes, so we've got to be drinking at the same time. Like, the drinking doesn't stop. I am still not over stout cognac and fucking absinthe. Like, oh my god, yeah, <sighs> absolutely yeah, why that. Well, my graduation party, you're not allowed to bring any kind of drinks. It's only stout cognac and, <laughs> and uh, absinthe cocktails. And they will be served in tankards and everyone mm-hmm. has to drink three after drinking a whole bottle of red wine. Yeah. <laughs> and eating <It's>... oysters. <laughs> <laughs> that should be what we do. Like, we should, re- over Christmas, we should record an episode. Well, and, absolutely and fucking that. blasted. <laughs> Well, just small versions of of those drinks, but they should be imbibed. Okay, okay, okay. As we make our cup stuffed with meat. Yeah! (gasps) Yeah, there's there's a Christmas special. (laughs) Great, okay. Um, well, I don't know about speaking of special, but we're just like, it's all going on, and every jovial episode i'm like oh it's all when when's it all gonna turn (laughs) but right now so we left off oh so yeah we left off and the boys were drinking their like unbelievable stomach uh stripping drinks Mm. and then the other boys who are actually part of the uh the mob just happen to like go by outside and they're like oh just just like build your barricade here like we're already they drank like why don't we just do it here yeah 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 so that's where we left and i was like hilarious that kufarek is like yeah we should just do it here lads and then they do mm. but then i started reading today's chapters and you're like oh it was indeed ideally located so I was like oh, okay it wasn't just for like the jokes mm. it was basically the location of the current pub is on a street that's wider at the top then it gets narrower to a dead end so the current creates like a chokehold point with there's like three sides to it and it's really easy to barricade basically there's like the front a tiny back bit that you'd have to get through all the boys to get to and then there's like a tiny little side street that they're gonna not barricade because then it means that they can still send their guys to go get information or like check like like any little escape route but they're not worried about people coming in that way Mm. so it is like a really ideal place (laughs) it says uh because you know this is such a smart place to do it busway and his cups had fasting hannibal's eye (laughs) Mm. so like he he drank complain as well as like hannibal the conqueror hell yeah hell yeah that's our boy (laughs) that's our gay boy right there (laughs) So because this mob has shown up, the rest of the street and the people who were just like getting on with it are like, fuck. <laughs> um, so everyone's making themselves scarce. All the windows are shut of like, and all the shutters, like everything is closed down mm. except for people who are like getting involved in the mob. 
and except for the pub. And Madame Houchelop, who's the owner, is just like, oh my god. <laughs> She's kind of not loving that this is happening. Yeah, you, you probably wouldn't love that. <laughs> yeah, like, oh great, it's you, you're going to set up operations here? <laughs> I thought you liked my pub. Busway's gone down to meet Kufarak. Jolie, who's standing out the window and is shouting down to Kufarak, like, you should have brought an umbrella. You'll catch a cold. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is an umbrella? I was like, oh, he had a cold. <laughs> so it's it's really still all jokes. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, while that's going, like, these snippets of conversation, so quickly, 20 iron bars have been wrenched from grating from the tavern. Cobblestones are getting torn up. Gavroche... And Bahorel had seized a passing cart, overturned it. Like they're, they're basically like erecting a barricade in like minutes flat. Like mm. they couldn't be like cobbling this thing together faster. It's because um, they're Parisians, baby. Yeah, they know revolutions how... in their fucking blood. <laughs> Fuly, with fingers accustomed to painting the delicate ribs of fans, mm. is uh, buttressing the barrels and the cart with heaps of rubble so like everything they've piled up he's just like filling it all in what else is going on support beams are getting torn down Busway and Kufarak up in the street turn around and they're like oh shit it's like already higher than a man this this barricade mm. Matulet what Matlot and Giblot I can't remember how we decided their names were pronounced we decided uh, that. Uh-huh. So the two girls who also work in this pub, they're just like in the fray. Givlot, uh, she's like carrying rubble around for everyone. She served up cobblestones just as she had served up wine. Hmm. Sleepily. <laughs> so I guess she's just like, this might as well happen. Yeah, yeah. They busway takes down a uh, an omnibus which is like the new bus system like 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 a big cart for many people instead of just like a personal cart yeah so this is like him taking over a double decker and just like overturning it for their, <laughs> for the barricade madame Houchelot then goes upstairs she's destroyed it's like it's all too much it's the end of the world is mm. what she's feeling and Jolie, i had to like there were several times in this one where I was like referring to my cheat sheet where I'm like, I guess writing only four things about each boy mm. is not like the full rounded experience of each boy. But I was like, Jolie, I didn't expect this of you. <laughs> Planted a kiss on Madame Houchelop's fat, red, wrinkled neck and said to Grantaire, my dear fellow, I've always regarded a woman's neck as an infinitely delicate thing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't know. I mean, hmm. I mean, I think it's for him being like, ha 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 ha. But also, when all you've got written down is Dr. Mary Fearful Mm, as a cane, mm. I was like, I guess that falls under Mary. Yeah, (laughs) it also falls under Hugo's character. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But why didn't he pick one of the other ones? I was like, you've got some some big boys that I would like, I wouldn't have even blinked at. But when I saw it was Jolie, I was like, what? <laughs> I guess. There was um uh, an episode of Taskmaster, Taskmaster where Julie and Clary, who's like, you know, high key homosexual, um, was like bullying Alex Horn and just said, haha, I'm ta- partaking in heterosexual male banter and that feels like what that is <laughs> yeah maybe because uh, meanwhile Grantair he's soaring to extreme heights of rhapsody and like mm. is he's he's always on one <sighs> these boys you're like wow they're so much fun and then they just like do mean things to women and you're like oh <laughs> I forget it's not all Tumblr fan folks <laughs> like, yeah he grabs Matelet mm. and is like, Matelet is the perfection of ugliness. Great. <laughs> She's a chimera. This is the secret of her birth. Basically, a 
A man who made gargoyles fell in love with the most horrible one and begged love to bring it to life, and that's her. Well, <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's so mean. Yeah, but I, I can hear it. Like, it's so mean in both a straight way, but also so mean in a like gay man would yeah, think yeah. this is funny, and you're like, you fucking die, gay boy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> coming or going you're like what the fuck did she ever do to you yeah yeah like <laughs> i would find that funny if one of you said that about me my, <laughs> like as like if you know you're my friend yeah 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 or i don't know like i was trying to imagine like you couldn't even like have it can't be anyone who is either a attracted to women or not attracted to women because it's just yeah. like nobody can say it apart from the best friend slash sister of this woman. And you know it's a joke. And you know it's a joke, and it's like, at maybe not at their wedding, like, you know, no. like, <laughs> yeah. some sort of, like, party, like, speech kind of thing, where you're like, ha 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 I don't know, yeah. But, it's but just... She's so beautiful, so you all know that I'm making a funny. <laughs> exactly, 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 yeah. <gasps> <laughs> and also like yeah i don't know it's one of those things as well where it's like i'm 98.9 percent sure that victor hugo said this out loud to a woman in his life <laughs> it's like these things happen you're like i'm not trying to be like wow these barricade boys are my special little boys who can't do wrong because mm. i have 20 years of fandom loving me even though like at this point I feel like I am that guy <laughs> but it's so like on the one I feel like I'm be, whenever it's like Victor Hugo just like punched me through the page mm. you're like ah oh, can you blame it all on Victor Hugo maybe these boys are just like that but like Victor Hugo stood over my shoulder at all times <laughs> yeah. breathing heavily and then kissing, <laughs> breathing my, neck. kissing my neck And then I bet Hugo, after he did say this about this woman that he said it to in real life, I bet he then like paid her for sex as well. So, hundred percent. Like he was like, "Don't wasn't that a funny meet cute, my dear? (laughs) That I'm the sublime and you're the grotesque, and so together we make the most perfect (laughs) form of humanity." So. Let me get you a drink. I see that as the server, you already have some in your hands. Put <laughs> on my lap. Great. Oh, it's so real. I can feel it. <laughs> uh, it is wild because, like, you know, there aren't that many, like, females, women. In- oh, my God. I said females and was like, oh, God, I could feel myself becoming an incel. <laughs> I was going to say female characters, but I meant women. <laughs> there aren't that many women in this book so like when the misogyny happens it's usually quite concentrated and like within like certain bounds and then you're like you know also trying to be like well later in the book she becomes better or like she has some action but you know it's rare that you get like a young woman like this like because there have been some outright she was an old fat woman and she was ugly oh and then he's like this is how I feel like maybe I, I don't know maybe I d- we just need to be like Grantaire is this <laughs> Grantaire is cancelled <laughs> Grantaire and also but you know you're like what makes it feel even more Victor Hugo is that he does that and like as you said is then like and now I'm gonna sleep with her mm. Grantaire doesn't say and then I'm gonna sleep with her but he's like she's a good girl I guarantee she'll fight well every good girl contains a hero that you're like, Sue, you really like here to neg every woman in this fight. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. It's like, <laughs> you so naked. low to then be like, uh... wow, the like heroic spirit in your bosom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... And then I was like, as for Mare Hushalop, she's an old warrior. Look at the mustache she has. She inherited it from her husband. She's a trooper. She'll fight too. Yeah. He's, he's like on one. I never had money, but if I did, then, like, I would have shared it around. If kind hearts had fat purses, how much better things would be. Imagine Jesus Christ with Rothschild's fortune. I was like, I thought the Rothschilds were, like, uh, maybe this is me showing how, like, stupid I am. 
Are they still a thing? Yeah, I think they are still a thing. Because I was like, what the fuck? How, how long? Have, how how ancient? Like, I guess you're like, that makes sense why they're so rich if they were rich in Victor Hugo time. Yeah, the family's documented history starts in the 16th century Frankfurt. Jesus. Its name is derived from the family house Rothschild, built by Isaac Elch, El- Elkanen, Bacharach, in Frankfurt, 1567. But yeah. Wow. Okay, so they've just been richer than Jesus Christ himself <laughs> forever. Yeah. Though there is maybe I I um I I don't know pretty much anything about them. But I am like suddenly like slightly worried in the fact that it starts with they are a wealthy Ashkenazi Jewish family, and uh like have been basically doing banking for mm-hmm. since the seventeen sixties and. Then they elevated to noble rank, and yeah. Oh, there's a thing about hmm, uh, hmm. There's a hornet's nest. <laughs> yeah, there's a tab that says Jewish identity and positions on Zionism. So, um, mm-hmm. oh, there's a whole tab that says conspiracy theories. Oh God, yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. So yeah, I I feel like I don't know literally anything about them apart from like I only knew that they're a wealthy name. Yeah, yeah. So I was very surprised to be like, whoa, even here. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's quite a lot of them and <laughs> prominent descendants. I mean, I guess they've they've been a family for a really long time. Yeah. So. One of them married Nikki Hilton, the great granddaughter of the Hilton Hotels founder. Oh wow, Hilton. Well, imagine if if Jesus had money and had married a Hilton, what he could be doing, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, time. that's the reference that we need. <laughs> I closed the tab. <laughs> I feel like okay, I need cool. to learn more about them, but also not at this exact yeah, moment. Yeah, not on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Cooper X, like, put a fucking cork in it, Grantaire. Like, shut the fuck up. Mm, mm. And Grantaire's like, I'm an official magistrate and master of poetry. And then Enjolas... <laughs> <laughs> Seeing Androlis's name so close to Grantaire's, you're like, oh, scenes are about to happen. Enjolas, mm. who was standing at the ridge of the barricade, gun in hand, raised his stern, handsome face. As we know, there was something of the Spartan and the Puritan in Enjolas. Grantaire, he shouted, go and wallow in your drunkenness elsewhere. This is a place for the spirited, not for the sot. <laughs> you're a disgrace to the barricade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And this KO one hit headshot. <laughs> Devastation. Wasted. Grantaire. <laughs> it's like he's had water thrown in his face. Like he sobers up in like a millisecond. And he sits down at the table near the window, gazing at Enjolas with an indescribable tenderness and said to him, You know, I believe in you. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Let me sleep here. Go and sleep somewhere else, shouted Enjolras. But still staring at him with fond and blurry eyes, Grantaire replied, let me sleep here until I die. Enjolras was just like, no, no time for it. Like, Grantaire, you haven't the will to do anything, to believe, to think, to live, to die. Grantaire replied solemnly, you'll see. And a moment later, he's asleep. Yeah, sure is. (laughs) I was about to say something that is like I, I guess spoilers. So I was like I I don't know. Like now I'm like I don't. Hmm. <laughs> I've seen the movie. Like I know he's gonna die. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess yeah. Imagine, yeah. Imagine the last thing that the person that you care about in the world says to you is like, "You're fucking worth nothing." Go away! I don't even oh. want to die near you. Because oh. in the movie, oh no, they don't say anything to each other. Do they hold hands as they're being killed, or is that just yeah? He reaches for his hand or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's not going to happen for him here. <laughs> Actually, well, I lied. This isn't the last time. Well, we'll see. We'll see. An attempt to console Widow Hushalop. Hmm. Thrilled at the barricade, Baharal's just like, he's having a good time. He's like, hee hee hee, the street shows so much better advantage with that end of it cut off. Mm. So he's like demolishing the tavern to keep building his barricade. He's a proud boy. Yeah. But not a proud boy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's just proud of the work they have done this way. 
<laughs> and then I feel like like Kivrick took this upon himself, but I do imagine all the boys looking at this like weeping owner of the tavern and are like, who's our like softest faced boy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He goes to Widow Pushalap and is like, oh, well, weren't you complaining the other day that you'd been officially reported and charged with an offence because you were let, <laughs> took a bedside rug out of your window? Oh, shook a bedside rug out of the window. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to put my table outside as well? <laughs> the government fined me a hundred francs for that rug and also for a jar of flowers that fell out of the attic on the street. Isn't that outrageous? And he's like, well, we're seeing to it that you get your revenge. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> fucking baller right there. <laughs> She's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, don't you hate that the government taxed you too much? I think the reasonable thing is that we destroy government. <laughs> and also your property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor woman. The rain had stopped and I forgot it was raining. Yes. That's why Jolie wanted Kufarek to have an umbrella. I also love that he was like, Kufarek, you'll get a cold. Fuck everyone else. Like, Don't give a shit about them. <laughs> Kufarek, where's your umbrella? <laughs> You're the main bitch of this party, you know? Like, If you don't keep the spirit up, nobody will. Who are we going to rely on? Andras? <laughs> that old coot. <laughs> um, so new recruits are arriving, which... Uh, like as I just always have to remind myself, was like all I've seen is the movie based on the play. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, what? There wasn't only like seven boys at the party. <laughs> <laughs> so they yeah, you were allowed like... an ensemble cast. <laughs> There's loads of them. <laughs> yeah, they're just like arriving with more gunpowder and bits and bobs. They keep building things up. Enjolras, Combeferre, Kufarak directed everything so now so yeah we've got two barricades being built simultaneously the big boy at the front blocking the big road and then a little barricade at the back which is very narrow which is only made out of casks and cobblestones 50 workers there wow. uh, and 30 of them have got guns so like that i was like wow that's like a whole crew yeah I know there's not many men compared to the like ten bajillion men who oh, were yeah. guarding like 100 the funeral fucking thousand. Yeah, <laughs> like that's more people than exist in the world, maybe. <laughs> yes, there's a bizarre little crew of fifty in all different little outfits. We've got many guns, bearing legion numbers, few hats, no cravats, lots of bare arms. Oh, sexy. Hmm. All ages, all types, pale, puny young men, and tanned dock workers. Those are the two types yeah. of men in the world. Twinks and bears. <laughs> and they're all helping each other out, talking about their prospects. They're all, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, help's going to come at 3 a.m. There's sure to be a regiment. Paris will rise up. Mm. And like, you might know not know each other's names, but you might have been brothers. That is the beauty of great danger. It brings out the fraternity of strangers. Hmm. And they've lit a fire and brought out from the, from the kitchen. Oh, she's going to have nothing left. All the jugs and spoons and forks. And so it was all the pewter ware. So everything was made out of pewter. So they can melt it down into bullet molds. Hmm. So they're literally out there like making more bullets. How do you make a bullet? Like, hmm, interesting. Another thing to Google. Yeah, how to make because they're old timey bullets. So I, yeah. I imagine it was easier because they've got they've got a pewter mold, so they're just like pouring the melted metal into that, mm. and then shortly a barrel of um, powder. Actually, it might already be here. Mm. Is going to arrive. So they're all just like set, like making their bullets. Mm. I guess. Yeah, I guess the metal doesn't have to be like hard and uh steel worked right like it's not like a weapon that needs to remain hard for a really long time it just yeah. has to be pewed so yeah i mean they're shooting with like bayonets and stuff that thing's half wood yeah yeah exactly so yeah huh yeah arts and crafts at the barricade <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> oh, and then, so the three women, so Madame Hucheloc, Matelette, and Gibolette, even though they're like in a like kind of a daze from everything that's going on, they're like tearing up old dishcloths to make bandage stripes, strips, and they got three insurgents with them, obsessed with these boys. Mm. Um, three strapping lads, long haired, bearded, mustachioed, so like proper bears. Yeah. Who picked off stray threads with the delicate fingers of a linen maid and made them tremble. Oh. <laughs> They're like, your biggest, most delicate boys, please. Yeah. Oh, what a great picture. Mm. The tall man from earlier, an earlier chapter. Oh, yeah. Who could it have been? <laughs> who could be? Who Combefet. And on Jolas, they need like a team name. If the three of them are going to be doing a lot of things together, like what is their squad? They're called the Trifecta. The Trifecta? Yeah. <laughs> That's worse than saying their names out loud. <laughs> Kek. Kek. <laughs> so, the tall man that Kek had noticed when he joined the mob. Trikecta. <laughs> Trikecta, there we go. Um, he's working on the small barricade and making himself useful there. But in the, as we know, me and Nemo are going to make this into a panto. It's going to be like the tallest man we can play to play Javert. Yeah. And it's going to be like a cartoonishly small. He's making this out of like children's blood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you, you definitely being put to like your most use, sir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out of lego oh my god yeah he's putting it together with tweezers yeah <laughs> but then we might tremble because it's a a, a a large man with the hands of a linen maid <laughs> he wishes he had the hands of a linen maid <laughs> whenever we get told where this tall man is it's always, the next sentence is always like and Gavroche was elsewhere. So <laughs> think about it. <laughs> There's no reason why I want you to know when you look back at all of these chapters <laughs> to find out why I mentioned this tall man. Don't even... Yeah, see? Gavroche wasn't there and wasn't looking in his direction and couldn't have identified his face, so... <laughs> There's so many times where you're like, Hugo, I'm sure you foreshadowed this, but it was like a hundred thousand words ago, or pages, or chapters ago. And then there's this one where you're like, wow, who the fuck could this be? <laughs> because every other paragraph was like, and the tall man did this. Gavroche, he's been looking the other way this whole time. <laughs> so right now, Gavroche is working on the main barricade, and the young man who'd been asking after Kufarak. He's disappeared for a bit. Utterly elated and radiant, Gavroche is having the time of his life. <laughs> He's taken charge of the operation. Like, we know that we said that Keck directed everything, but, like, they don't know shit. It's Gavroche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's toing and froing, clambering everywhere, continuously chattering with his sparkling presence. He seems to be there for everyone's encouragement. Did he have an incentive? Yes. Indeed, his poverty. Did he have wings? Yes, indeed, his joy. <laughs> that around him, there's no possibility of snacking off because he's just like, go do this. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're taking a break? Get back out there. <laughs> yeah. Bothering the time wasters, inspiring the indolent, heartening the weary, provoking the thoughtful, injecting some with cheerfulness, others with energy, others with anger, spurring them all to action. They go like, why did we think Anjolas was like the head of this? Like, yeah. This boy's like in there getting it done. Yeah. Oh, and then he's like, ooh, there's a glass door. And one of the workers was like, a glass door. What do you think that's going to do, pipsqueak? Gavroche is like, pipsqueak yourself? A glass door is just the thing for a barricade. It doesn't stop it being attacked, but it makes it hard to capture. Have you never tried to pinch apples over broken glass? Ooh. You will get cut. So, like, imagine those National Guardsmen's feet when they're trying to climb the barricade. You have no imagination. Got a fucking glass, you mate. <laughs> Kuno's got a glass door. <laughs> so he, like, he's full of ideas and vim and vigor. Mm. Also, like we're gonna see soon, like they would be fucked without him. Yeah, they would. And be. he he's still really angry that his pistol doesn't have a 
hammer so mm. it can't shoot. But he's like, again, I want a gun. Why won't you give me a gun? <laughs> <laughs> and Cumberbatch like, uh, a gun? And Gavroche is like, yeah, I had one in 1830 when there was that last argument with Charles the Tenth. And Jean-Luc just shrugs and's like, when the men have all they need, then we'll give to the children. <laughs> <laughs> and Gavroche turned around haughtily and was like if you're killed before me I'll take yours <laughs> and Jorlis was like you gammon and Gavroche was like you beardless boy <laughs> <laughs> fucking get him <laughs> fucking out here to like make your barricade better absolutely destroy you yeah emasculate you immediately <laughs> Because I thought he was going to be like, you know, the 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 child thing of being like a fucking old man. But he doesn't even get to be like the old man that Andreas clearly desires to be. <laughs> yeah, I think Andreas would be much happier if he was like 45 and taken more seriously. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately he is 19 or whatever he is. Yeah, and like too pretty for his own good. Yeah. And fucking kids in the street are heckling him. <laughs> yeah, all right, pretty boy. <laughs> I bet authors describe you as having rosy cheeks and cherry lips. <laughs> Andreas would go home and think about that and maybe shed one tear. Yeah, Andreas playing Fortnite and just being <laughs> destroyed <laughs> yeah. by Gavroche. Uh, that would be the modern equivalent of this scene. Yeah. So... The barricade in contemporary newspapers, they're going to say that it was... Um, as tall as the first floor building. But they're mistaken. It did not exceed an average height, six or seven feet. And this was because they wanted to, if they needed to, like, get on top of there for, like, height, or if they needed to get over it themselves, they didn't want to completely fuck themselves. Yeah. So, like, it's big, but it didn't need, well, they did right now they're feeling we don't need it to be bigger. Mm, yeah, definitely won't be any regrets about that. No. Yeah, it's just like, it's a good barricade. There's a mm. lot of words to tell us how good and like the houses behind it. Like, it, they, it, they did a good job. And then there's a little barricade that's not visible from where they assume they're going to be attacked. I've already told you about the communication trench, that one little walkway that they didn't barricade though, because they're like, well, we might need this. Mm. Every now and again, there is some bourgeois citizens still like out and about. And then they would like glance down the road, catch like the barricade, and just like walk faster. <laughs> <laughs> did not see it. Did not see it. Did not nope. see it. None of my business. Mm. They've also put a red flag on the barricade, of course. Mm. And then they drag a table out of the tavern, and Kufret climbs on top of it. Angelus brought out that square chest. Mm. What's oh, yeah. inside? And it's full of cartridges. And that makes everyone go silent. So I was like, okay, a big deal. Mm. <laughs> Which Kufarek distributes. Each man received 30 cartridges. So this is all part of the bullet making thing, I believe. Because mm. many have power powder and began to make more with the bullets that were being cast with mm. the pewter. So with those three things, you could make a bullet, I mm. think. Isn't it? Hmm. Isn't there a bullet tip? And then there's the like, the the maybe that's the cartridge and then you so the things that they were casting were the tips and the cartridge is the thing that you like put the powder in and then you put the tip on because the cartridge has the like screw bit or I'm not sure mm. I feel like I I feel like I've maybe watched a how one of those YouTube videos of like yeah. how it's made about bullets but I don't know where, why they would make a how it's made about bullets well they'll make one about anything yeah. That feels right. Well, we know it's these three ingredients. There's only so many ways those three things could be. We could try and put those together. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone's making their bullets. Meanwhile, there's an alarm that's constantly been going off throughout Paris this whole time. And no one's paying attention to it because it's just like background noise at this point. Mm. Enjolas, once everyone's loaded their rifles, he places three lookouts outside the barricade and everyone's yeah barricades built positions assigned guns loaded sentries posted kind of just in the waiting period now isolated armed resolute calm they waited next chapter waiting <laughs> mm. 
During those hours of waiting, what did they do? We must say, since this is history. Yeah, 100% factual history. (laughs) Well, the men made bullets, and the woman and three men with the delicate fingers of a... Something made. Linen. Of a linen made. We're making bandages. While, like, all of the things are going on, while the crafting tent is up, Jolas, who couldn't be distracted, is keeping watch on the sentries that he's put there to keep watch. Like, he'd be the fucking worst middle manager. <laughs> Combefer, Kufarak, Jean Prouvier, Fuli, Bosway, Jolie, Baharel. That's almost all the boys. Mm. Is Jean, so Jean Prouvier, he's Jehan, yeah? Yeah. Excellent. And a few others, unnamed, uh, sort of gathered together. As if it's like their student days or just like set about having a chat and began to recite a love poem, which I will not read out. Oh, it's, it's fairly long. It's two pages. Give me your favorite line. Oh, God. Uh, my eyes just bouncing around at each stanza <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> it's just about like he, the poet is a poor lawyer with nothing to his name she is so beautiful and has chosen him even though she's so hot that everyone comments on it everywhere they go. It's so weird that this reminds me of a certain main character of a novel <laughs> oh, yeah, that I fuck. can't place my finger on. Uh, it's kind of horny as well, though. which actually, yeah, exactly. When you drew a stocking over your slender leg oh, and bright God. star-eyed sea beneath the eaves in our fresh and vernal garret. Okay. Uh-huh. Actually, though, what did I like? Now I worry everything's just a horny metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the entirety of le- reading Les Mis. That's, that's true. <laughs> well, because he's got nothing to his name, and they're living in a little hovel. This is all still in the poem. A pot of tulips was our garden. You draped the window with a petticoat, the clay bowl I took for myself, and gave you the porcelain cup. They're like, mm. oh, a pot that's... of tulips is a garden for us. Cause yeah. Our love's enough, I guess. Yeah, that's quite nice. Shame it was written by Hugo. Yeah. I assumed this was a real poem. Well, as if Hugo was also a poet, but I meant like a poem not by Hugo. (laughs) Include someone else's works in his masterpiece? (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) It's like I've not even been doing this podcast for years. (laughs) And it was all read out by... So before it started... It it really sounded like they were all like they were all saying the poem like as if we were all having a sing song, but it's a poem. Mm. But these verses softly murmured in the twilight by Jean Pr- Jean Prouvier, who, as we have said, was a gentle poet. Mm. So it was just him saying it. But like, so it's not a it's not a non Hugo poem. I don't even check. <laughs> I don't think it's an. I think it's a Hugo original. Tm. So it's a Jehan original TM. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And all the boys are like clicking. They're, <laughs> they're loving it. They've, um, for the atmosphere of it all as well, mm. on the barricade, well, by it, they've got a candle so that they can all see their little poetry session. But they've um, constructed, is, is it three cobbles? There's basically, on th- they've made like a three sided box around it. So that the light of the candle only illuminates the red of the flag. <laughs> so, like, atmosphere all over the place. Well, they are gay, so they do know how to make sure the, their poetry night is aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so, like, read, read up to there, and I was like, no, I, can, I think I could fit more chapters into this episode. Did the one more, and was like, this is a fucking great one to end on. Jokes, it's all fun. I'm just going to read the flat, because then there's only... One more chapter after that to get mm. to the end of that book. So I was like, oh, I'll read it just to be safe. And then you're like, whoa, it's a downer. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see where we're at. The man recruited in Rue de Belay, which is the tall man. So it's well after dark now. Nothing's come. All that could be heard were the indistinct clamor and at intervals, volleys of gunfire. Bang, 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 bang. Weirdly, there was no sound outside my window. (laughs) Well, we can't dictate when they're going to happen. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Few and far between. Unsustained and distant. 
So who knows when it'll happen. Mm. This wonderful Foley work. <laughs> the extended lull was a sign that the government is biding its time and gathering its forces. Well. So these 50 men were waiting on 60,000. <laughs> Which like did remind me when I was like, what? They had 50 men? That's like, well, loads of people on this barricade. I thought there was eight of them. And then you're like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. What is that? Like 0.01% or whatever? If even, you're like, yeah, it doesn't really scale. Yeah. Enjolas is so impatient. So he goes to find Gavroche, who is loving the craft tent and has been making cartridges in Mm. the bar room. And Gavroche is preoccupied, but not with his cartridges. Mm. The man from Rue de Villers had just entered the bar and sat down at a shadowy table. And he's got like a big rifle mm. that he kept between his legs hey yeah he did <laughs> you know Valjean said to him for something and it's not there his politics <laughs> <laughs> or his personality <laughs> if we were there this is the shit we would just say to his face because everyone's just saying anything to each other in this uh, in this barricade yeah <laughs> just savaging each other for no reason <laughs> distracted by countless amusing things until that instant Gavroche had not seen the man mm-hmm. and that is why Gavroche didn't point this out earlier yeah so when he came in Gavroche is instantly following him with his eyes admiring the gun of course and then when the man sits Gavroche suddenly stands up and if you'd been watching the man up to that moment you'd see that he was like observing the barricade and like every, the goings on with very close attention, but since he's entered the room, he just seemed to no longer notice anything going on around him, which seems out of character. But okay, Gavroche approaches him pensively, tiptoeing to like try not to get his attention, and there passed over his childish face at once so cheeky and so earnest, so skittish and so intense, so cheerful and heartbreaking. All the grimaces of an old man saying, Bah! Impossible! My eyesight's playing up on me. I'm dreaming! Could it be? No, it isn't. But it must be! It can't be so! So, like, Gavroche was like, Surely the fuck not. (laughs) Who is fucking stupid enough? I don't believe my eyes. This is obviously an important moment for Gavroche. Mm. So it's like, as he's like, what the fuck does this bitch think he is doing? <laughs> that Angelus comes up to Gavroche and is like, you're small. Mm. You'll not be seen. Go outside the barricades and like have a wander around and just like come back and tell me what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a totally sane and cool thing to do. <laughs> to send a small child that you're like, the thing that I loved about the last time we saw the stage musical was mm. I liked the really divorced vibes between Angeles and Grantaire mm. where Grantaire was like really giving me how fucking dare you Angeles you got this child involved and now that child's dead and this is on you and I'm reading this I'm like oh my god it really is <laughs> yeah it's he's canonically cold well he took that <laughs> insult to heart <laughs> that's true <laughs> Oh, you think that I'm a fucking cherry boy? Oh, you want a fucking gun? All right, then. Why don't you go outside where all the fucking guns are, mate? <laughs> Let's see you laugh, then. <laughs> um, and Gavroche is like, uh, yeah, so youngins do have their uses, then? Mm. Yeah, okay, I'll go. In the meantime, trust to youngins. Be wary of grown-ups. And then he lowers his voice, and he's like, indicating the tall man. You see that tall fellow over there? Well, he's a narc. (laughs) Are you sure? Uh, Yeah, two weeks ago, he twisted my ear and pulled me off the ledge of the Point Royal. Yeah, he's a fucking narc. (laughs) And, like, it doesn't say this, but I imagine Adrolis is like, fuck, another point to Gavroche. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he doesn't even, like, say anything to that he's just like he straight away deserts the gammon gets a dock worker that man leaves the room comes back with more dock workers my biggest strongest men <laughs> i'm gonna need four big boys <laughs> and 
These four burly dark hens stood behind the table that the tall man's at, ready to pounce on him. And Enjolras goes up to the man and is like, who are you? <laughs> and this makes the man start. He gazed deep into Enjolras's clear eyes, where he appeared to read his mind. He smiled a smile that conveyed the utmost disdain, yeah. forcefulness and resolve, and replied with gravity, I see how it is. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> You're an arc. I'm an officer of the law. <laughs> and your name? Javad! Oh, my God. What a surprise. <laughs> Who could have foreseen? <laughs> I mean, it's fucking bitch-ass move, but he is a cop. <laughs> <laughs> so... Enjolras signals the four men in the twinkling of an eye. <laughs> Before Javert could even turn around, he is collared, pinioned to the ground and searched. And they find on him, I can't believe he had this on him. I guess in case... So he's got on him a French coat of arms with the motto surveillance and vigilance <laughs> and his identification on the other. Yeah. Javert, inspector of police, aged 52. Mm. I was like, you fucking brought your business card that says I am Javert, a police spy and professional narc. <laughs> but then I was like, I guess like if he was trying to take him down from the inside, when his own people arrive, he needs to be able to be like, I'm legit yeah. one of you. Yeah. Turns out like not necessary, but like it <laughs> I, I do think that, like, literally every single police officer in Paris would be like, yeah, you're Javert. <laughs> Did you really have to put your full, like, CV work history in your pocket <laughs> when you were trying to be a spy? Every single person he shot in his entire life. And age, 52. Yeah. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> um... And in addition, he's also got his watch and his purse. And he gets to keep those. Oh. Very nice of them. Yeah. And then he's also got... So in the back of the watch is... A photo of Jean Valjean. <laughs> no, he's got the bit of paper that's basically like, here is your mission, and once you've infiltrated them, then go do this. And you're like, did you keep... You kept it on you? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit silly. Oh, Javert. <laughs> You're funny, but you're not always that smart. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that has been proven many times. Yeah, yeah. You can't have both, especially when you're no. that hung. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hung, they're about to <laughs> hang him to a pillar. <laughs> so they tie his arms behind his back, bound him to the famous pillar in the middle of the bar room, and Gavroche is watching the whole scene and approved of every moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a silent nod of his head, stepped up to Javert and said to him, So the mouse has caught the cat. Hey, yeah, yes. He, Gavroche, like, does not give a shit. <laughs> he's just, he'll say anything to anyone. It's, it's, it's so funny when he's doing it to, like, main boys. So funny. Live fast, die young. <laughs> uh, he He's living life to the fullest, I guess. Mm. Spitting in both Angelus and Javert's face. <laughs> Uh, this was all done very quickly, and Javert did not utter a cry. The lads come running up, because everyone's just like, oh shit, what's going on? Javert held his head with fearless serenity of a man who had never lied. He's a narc, said Enjolas, and turning to Javert, you'll be shot two minutes before the barricade is taken. Javert's like, why not straight away? We're saving the powder. Yeah, you don't, we don't, you don't even deserve it. <laughs> It would be a fucking waste. <laughs> then finish me off with a knife. Knock, said the handsome Ajola. <laughs> like, why is this my motto? <laughs> We're judges, not assassins. <laughs> then he calls to Gavrash. He's like, hey, you, go fucking do what I told you. Get out there. <laughs> I'm off, cried Gavrash. And as he's like running out, Gavrash is like, by the way, his gun you'll give to me. I'll let you keep the musician, but I want the clarinet. <laughs> Every time we have, like, a Gavroche-heavy episode, mm. once again, I am asking why... 
he wasn't the com- like the comic relief, why we needed other comic relief. Yeah, you're already hiring the child actor. Yeah, give him some more lines. <laughs> let the let him RuPaul's Drag Race put some silly sunglasses on on stage, even though that like do not fit with everyone. <laughs> Everyone's in, still in like full period attire, and he's like, "Library is open. I'm decimating all of you." Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's doing in our version. He is so slay. <laughs> he literally is though. So, uh, this was just like a fun one. Yeah. Just peaks, no troughs. Well, Granta did get devastated. But I guess that's a peak, depending on how you're looking at it. <laughs> like, sad for him, but like at the same time it is funny. Yeah, and it's good for us. <laughs> yeah, like I do like I did enjoy I do enjoy a lot about him. I enjoy the ER fix. Mm. I I'm here for all the fix where the writers are like, Angelus, you fucking beautiful bitch, you're gonna learn a thing or two. <laughs> Appreciate this boy. Like I'm so here for those. Like mm. yeah, I do want Angelus to grovel. But it was also funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like if I say anything, it'll become sad. We've <laughs> got just live in the moment. Uh, we've got some good um, Javert in there as well. It's been a long time. Well, it felt, it's felt like a long time it's felt since long. We've, we've had him. He like was so bad at his job. <laughs> he was really good, but then like a shark, he had to have a, a an eyes open nap. It's, it was literally the second he sat down and stopped. Yeah. Like no one thought anything when he was out there building tiny barricades. <laughs> yeah. In, in our staging, like, while all the things are going on, he is on, like, corner stage with the children's building block. Yeah. Building tiny wall, looking around. Like, it's never drawn attention to. It's just for the people who are, like, paying attention to him. Mm. Knocks it down. Builds it back up again. <laughs> checks no one's looking. Knocks it back down. Like, he's doing a bad job on purpose. Mm. Uh, Javert as Penelope uh, reading <laughs> that would be interesting mm. Jean Valjean Odysseus mm. yeah his husband hasn't come back from his long time away yet mm. I don't know how much further this can stretch but... <laughs> probably no further than that <laughs> I don't see many suitors for uh, Javert right now well what are, what are the barricade boys if not um annoying men living in Chauvet's house. <laughs> That's true. Once, if Marius ever does show up, <laughs> I say once as if, because I'm like, well, he's there and all the other things. I'm like, but those things all lied about his role. <laughs> so maybe he never even comes to the barricade. <laughs> he trips over it outside, never actually joins the battle. Yeah. And Jean Valjean just like happens to like, well, he's trying to hoof it. <laughs> Trips over him and I was like, oh, fuck, I should, get a sh- I should take him back to my daughter. <laughs> yeah, how many, how, how, um, how many steps removed can Marius actually be so that uh, by the end of it, Hugo can be like, yeah, he was on the right side, but he, he just didn't make it in time. Like the traffic <laughs> held him up. And, and so like technically he, he's not like actually like bad and he shouldn't go to prison. XOXO. But when he tripped... It did push him behind. Somehow he tripped over the barricade. So he was like, he was on the side, technically, of the other barricade boys. So like, he should get some glory for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he tripped, it actually is the thing, like, that um, all of the the police saw it. And then they were all like, oh my god, I'm actually in the wrong. And it inspired, like, ten aristocrats to give away all of their money. So... Uh Um, actually, it's better that he tripped and fell, so, yeah. And in our staging, it's that he trips over Javert's tiny <laughs> children's black wall. For a second, I thought you were going to say his tiny dick, and I was like, oh. <laughs> No, I would never slander him like that. Police He's many he things. may be. <laughs> Javert has many things, but we know he's got a big old rifle. <laughs> Between his legs. <laughs> the man's gotta have something. <laughs> and he's staying silent, so he's not even giving me catty queen. No, no. And that's Where's all that you're there for. Yeah. 
Gavroche sucked all that out of the room. No one else could like have good good lines back. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the hierarchy did go to the child. Yeah, because like in in the like Angelas, I know it was like Angelas called Gavroche a child first. <laughs> yeah, but like it's such like here's me fucking decimating you. <laughs> You fucking beardless pretty boy. And all I'm sure I can say is like, well, you're a child. <laughs> like, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, literally. Ugh. The fun we'll have when we do our version. <laughs> <laughs> Which is now going to be like a, a 68 hour immersive. <laughs> but weirdly only has like... 0.3 seconds of Thénardier's and the rest is like just jokes about how hung Javert is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all just gags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gags and goofs. Yeah. We have fun here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> While we still can. What's the next <laughs> the next book that will be next time? Marius enters into darkness. Uh, boo. boo! Get off the stage! How do we t- teach the audience to boo when Marius enters stage? <laughs> we, we just had Gavrash will come with a sign that says boo. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have trained them so well that it will be an instinctive, natural response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of primal disgust. <laughs> Oh, and then book 14, The Grandeurs of Despair. Okay, yeah. I'm, we've, everyone, enjoy this high. Yeah, yeah. This is our um, honeymoon, I, I guess, honeymoon period with our boys. Um, and then the, the the fun really begins. Yeah, we've actually hit. This was, this was page 1000 <gasps> for me. So I can accurately tell us that we've got... 304 pages left. Yay! So, <laughs> like, uh, a quarter left. Yeah, we're like, we're in the, sec- the, the, the final third. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> May this episode sustain us <laughs> for the despair that is to come. Yeah. The end. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually where the book ends. <laughs> Weird. It ends with like Gavroche just roasting Andras and then Javert being caught, but then saying something catty and then getting bondage tied by four dock workers. Yeah. He's definitely, it's like arms over the head. His shirt for no reason has been ripped, so he's got one tit out. <laughs> yeah. Was that accurate in the play, or am I just like imagining that he had one tit out? Uh, I think you're imagining things, but I'm glad you're imagining. <laughs> I'm glad you're having ideas. Yeah, yeah. Usually it's me who's that unhinged, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, can you not picture the front cover of the bodice ripper? Yeah, 100% I can picture it. It's just quite funny that it's coming from you. <laughs> it's so hard to get my wife to do art that I want, but I want this image so bad. <laughs> well, um, actually, like, uh, I can't remember if it's in, in this chapter, but um, Chauvet does get martingaled, which is really kinky to look at, so... Oh, okay. I'm not even going to look it up before it happens. <laughs> um, and on that note, <laughs> all, all this and more to look forward to. More more mm. rope play for Javert to get into. Um, it is why there is quite a lot of rope play <laughs> in Jean and Javert fan fiction. I was going to say, I don't remember there being enough rope play for all this. Um... Yeah, this has been Brent Barricade's Lamest Podcast, produced by me, Nima Martin, and Julia Niap. If you'd like to give us a comment, question, or quibble, and you'd like to um, talk about Javert Bondage Play, you can send us an email, lamestpodcast at gmail.com, or on Twitter at lamestpodcast, or on Tumblr at Bread and Barricades. If you'd like to donate to our Kofi or Patreon, they're in our show notes so that we can bribe Stevie's wife to draw. Bondage play art of Javert for us. Our audio director is Jade, who you can find on her website, jdwasabi.com, or on her bandcamp, jdwasabi.bandcamp.com. If you like the show enough, you can give us a review somewhere and you can just say how much you enjoyed the bodice ripper that happened in this, or give us a, um, a Fortnite style eight year old boy <laughs> critique of our work. Maybe don't, because that would cause psychic damage to me forever. <laughs> 
And I think that's everything. So thank you for listening. Bread, barricades, and bondage. <laughs> I could hate you winding up the entire time. And I was like, what is com- what is going to be coming? I had to like speed through it because I was like, I could feel the like psychic energy of you like sitting on the front of your chair, just like gripping the table. Like, <sighs> don't forget the. <laughs>